0: Obviously, this is a CGG debrief, episode fourteen, uh, and the well, the theme here is whether or not C should be free to play, and the question comes in light of CSGO's recent switch to free to play, and the fact that CSGO now joins the other major esports competitors as being free to play alongside League of Legends and Dota. I wonder whether you had any opening thoughts or just want to start off. Emzo or remorse yeah, or whoever. Yeah, I, mean,
1: I have a ton of thoughts. I was just giving Brad a chance. Oh yeah. I mean,
0: I just jump in, uh, whoever feels more like yeah, jumping sure. first
1: mean, on the topic of CSGO stuff, I think there's some, uh, important differences to acknowledge in terms of, uh, what they do different revenue wise. And that being the steam marketplace. So they can make money differently than Siege can because they have a marketplace where not only can, uh, you know, you, you actually sell stuff. So you can you can see stuff as having a higher value because it can be sold again uh, as opposed to just sitting on your account. But also they make money off all of those transactions. So you can see how much they value the marketplace when they pretty much built artifact as a way to make money off their marketplace. So they're definitely working on trying to evolve that. And I think CSGO Free to Play was somewhat part of that. That being said, uh, you know, this game's uh, in-game ability to buy things tends to expand over time. And I think that does eventually lead towards the direction of free-to-play. But if you do some simple math, you can see why it's not free-to-play. So let's say it costs 15 to $30, right? Because like the lowest end start edition is 15 bucks, the highest end is 40. So let's say like $30 kind of average purchase price mm-hmm. uh, on Steam. So if you take that, even at $15 minimum, with 40 million players you're talking 6 billion. billion. You, you you throw that into $30, that's $12 billion. Now of course you have to take Steam out for the ones purchased on Steam versus Uplay play and things like that. So you know it's total sort of ballpark number, but that's that's serious money that you'd be missing out on. Now of course once you've already hit like a huge amount of the market already and there's very few le- people left, yeah, then you know you start to go free to play, but you have to keep in mind there's some serious downsides uh that are pretty obvious on free weekends being hackers for example
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, that's a big one when people could just get a new account like that really drives up the amount of hackers and you see it every single free week. um the i mean in the um uh which we call it the two factor can help a little bit with that in the sense that uh if if it requires them to have new phone numbers or new phones or uh, a bit more complication to faking new accounts Maybe that helps a little bit, but that's certainly not going to stop people like that. It's just, uh, it's, it's potentially a huge downside. And right now, I think the free weekends already do enough of a good job in terms of bringing in new people at that 50% uh, price decrease, usually during free weekend, that, we, that they pretty much run every LAN event for the most part. So you get the most media attention on the game, you run the free weekends, you discount the game, give people a chance to try it. Like the strategy they're doing, I think, is effective enough right now Uh, because them from having to do more free to play, um, you know, for example, right now they are making money off of, uh, skins and then they started adding essentially team merchandise. If you look at it like that with the the team, the org skin, things like that. So they're expanding it to the point where, okay, they are going to be able to start to do stuff, but you have to keep in mind the more different types of cosmetics you can have, the more money they can make, because right now you can only put one skin on at a time. Per gun and one charm per gun and one skin per operator. I mean, you can switch them around, but if you find the best one, it you get less and less motivated to buy new ones unless they top the previous one, or if you're a collector and uh, alpha packs and stuff like that, where you can also get them by playing. So it's just, I mean, they have a decent revenue system, and uh, and let's say let's say everyone also bought all all those forty million players bought the uh, season pass. At that 30 bucks that's another 12 billion dollar so right. i mean it's a pretty good revenue setup that isn't over the aggressive gets discounted frequently brings in i think a fair number of people and if you learn anything about free to play it's pretty much dependent on whale unless you can get people to open their wallets early getting people to buy a game right off the bat already proves they're willing to open their wallet towards the game and i think that kind of helps and i've i've been a free to play developer uh for a few times and it's it is something that really shifts your mindset in in terms of how you uh, treat your customer base. It's it's very difficult to not be predatory because, well, you have money or you can't keep developing the game.
2: Hmm. I would, um, I do agree on that point. I think the, the biggest point that would be brought up is specifically the hacker situation and things of that nature. And that there would be, I think a few things that would need to happen. Uh, one, similar to CS:GO, there the game would need to begin offering integration with things like how esea works We, we have the whole face of 10 mans but frankly speaking even as part of someone who used to be on the admin team for that it's clunky it's hard to do and and that's the main reason why people don't play it all the time it's it's a pain to get scheduled you have to manually add people it takes 20 minutes to get into a game that's not fun even if you're going in trying to compete it's just not an enjoyable experience. um set point that i would start to bring not not to the hacker type situation but i think if you do free to play you need you need alternative options such as that um but the the other thing is that i actually don't think that it would actually be a bad thing and the, the reason why and i and i've spoken about this in the past a lot like and, I, and i'm and in the past i mean like year one when i was saying things about if the game didn't get an anti-cheat by august the game would be dead i mean because the game didn't come out with an anti-cheat when it launched Um, they ended up coming out with a anti-cheat i think in skull rain um i believe it is what it was after the that's when battle got introduced and the other thing i was talking about is that if the game wishes to succeed on esports level you need to compete at an esports price esports prices are now free to play and i don't think that it would necessarily be a bad thing because if we if you look back at other successful games i mean this game is a weird hybrid of an fps and, an, and a uh, moba at least in terms of character development is the moba side and it's an fps if you look at other successful games league of legends launched with 40 champions currently we have 44 operators we're at an area now where we could theoretically start off with that and if you had segmented thing and then you take from other games such as fortnite's battle pass system which is mm. basically a season pass if you take that and you have a free-to-play version of the game let's say you start out with maybe like two or four operators and then you have the pricing system of the starter edition where they're each new operator is twenty five thousand or whatever if, if you get the free-to-play version or you could get the starter version which starts you out with all of the 20 originals or you get a deluxe edition one which starts you out with everything that's year one year two like up to that point like you can you can segment those kinds of things have a free to play version and then have the starter packs where they could get like buy all the year one operators buy all the year two operators go and buy the season pass they get all the operators for that year there are ways that they could be keeping in money with a free to play thing especially because the game is uniquely driven by operators similar to how other games are driven by champions because in league of legends whenever a new champion comes out they're expensive and they're on sale for the first week and only for the first week where you can get them and it's like 20% off to buy it right then and that's a pretty good encouragement mm-hmm. system there. And if you really start to take a lot of these elements from all of these other games and combine them, I really think that that's a potential formula that Siege could work with without completely undercutting their previous pricing strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they could make one modification uh, to the existing system. I think that would
1: help that a little bit. Because I, I do agree that we it, when it's, once it reaches a certain maturity of the game, that switching becomes a better option, like I said, especially when you've already captured most of the player base anyways. Um, one thing they could change, though, is the way the season pass is structured. If you don't mm-hmm. buy it at the beginning of the year, it diminishes in value throughout the year for mm-hmm. the most part. So right. it would it would be better if it was literally a pass for a season instead of a year, meaning you pay $10 for the season. So that would be $40 total, but every season it passes an offer um, as opposed to paying $30 up front for the whole year when you don't know what the year is. Um, mm-hmm. so during that first seven days when, you know, the two new operators are available to all the season pass holders, you can just purchase, so they may make $10 a year, but then they don't get the diminishing return. So like, let's say it's December, you know, the, the, uh, the fourth season of the year when the operators come out, like, does that really drive season pass purchases when yeah. it's like, oh, I already have all the previous operators, like why buy this now? And so it's the, you know, the, I got to imagine the purchases just goes down throughout the year. Whereas if you evened it out as ten dollar purchases ten dollars doesn't sound like a lot for two new ops oh that's five bucks an op okay but not a bad deal because you get right, the r6 credits yeah. as well
2: yeah the league of legends uh new characters on league of legends cost about eight to ten dollars depending on mm-hmm. when they're purchased um for the new character if you buy their premium current the right points or whatever it may be versus yeah. if you buy it with the in-game currency and siege has that same system yeah. they just don't really have a reason to do it as mm-hmm. much because of a lot of things and I, and I really think if they take the season pass structure it more like i mean it, it it's a it's a kid we don't really Fortnite's battle pass system is incredibly fun it's very engaging mm-hmm. and it gives you long-term goals throughout a season to try and achieve little random things that's a system that you could have be a great, great way to turn the lackluster weekly challenges into something tangible reward that will move you along during the season. Yeah, you could have like where the final whatever the final is is the unique skin for that Mm -hmm. season. And you could have that be Mm -hmm. or even just have it where the season pass is gone, but if you have the battle pass or I mean they could keep calling it a season pass, but it just would work different. Um, yeah, where you would have a discount on the new operators when they come out, or perhaps you could mm. purchase them the week early still. Yeah, and things like that. As long as they structure it differently, I'm not. I'm not sure how much the battle. How much is the battle pass per season of the game for Fortnite? Was it like 20 bucks or something? I thought. Uh
0: yeah, something like I. I think in the UK it's sort of 15.
2: 15. yeah, 15, yeah it's yeah, like it's 15 to 18.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's, um, it's, it's around it's that 20, the, yeah. it's, it's
2: pretty close to what the season yeah. pass is right now, 30 USD. Um, hmm. So, it's something that would, they would still have that kind of deal. They could have that kind of thing be for, I mean, they could do it for each season, in theory, and like if they have it go through, I just think that it's a great way to accomplish hmm. multiple tasks, and have someone have an ability to track through a season, different goals, and it makes those weekly challenges, which are so lackluster, actually be tangible and level up your you know whatever your battle pass yeah. season pass whatever it may be and get you closer to that in-game reward and you can track like segments like oh i need to get to level 50 because i want so and so like gun or i need to get i want to get to level mm-hmm. 100 because i want that season uniform they wouldn't have to release as much things because they could have people really driven on just grinding out the game trying to get to those higher level you know yeah items in that battle pass type deal Yeah, and coupled with free to play Mm -hmm. coupled with the fact that it has a character you have to get new characters I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of a a trifecta of options that could really be running here that would actually end up being fairly cool Uh, another
1: thing they could do too is right now when they release new ops Mm -hmm. the the alternative skins are garbage the seasonal skins are garbage Like new camo Mm -hmm. colors that are slightly different is is beyond a waste of hard drive space at this point yeah. Like they're just they're garbage. Like there's no good justification why they even exist outside mm-hmm. of like oh if one gives you a slight advantage on a certain map or something. But it's like if you released uh the new characters with a exclusive skin that was actually kind of cool for only the, the season pass holders. Yeah. So that that proves hey, I had it during that 7-day exclusive video or I have the season yeah. pass. Like that that is way better than just oh, I can play it 7 days early. I play it 7 days early and I get this exclusive skin for it that's not just this dumb alternative camo color
0: there's like a whole host of like marketing opportunities that you get once you you sort of start exploring with those sort of uh things like giving that opportunity um to sort of buy it early and get rewarded for that i really like the idea of cutting up the season pass into independent seasons it's something that i first encountered with uh rather than with like fortnite it was with uh Dota, Dota 2 and it was something that they also used the money from those season passes to crowdfund the event the like the professional prize pools that's
1: yeah, what they're doing right and now. and that's exactly the, the, the pro skins
0: yeah and it's something that we could take we could take further with this sort of, um, adaptation. I didn't, I don't know whether, like, I'd love to see the, the numbers, like compare how many people own the game and how many people buy the pass and what the project, like, and compare that to like, what percentage of people own Fortnite or Dota and then buy, what percentage buy the pass? I know that Dota approaches this, obviously they're supported by Valve again and they've got the marketplace so there's so much like money just there as sort of behind it in that marketplace having the um like their sort of season pass battle pass at much lower so six five dollars um and makes it so much more accessible as well
2: yeah which is there's not as much of that you get yeah. out of it though i would say as mm-hmm. compared to like Fortnite's heaps of skins emotes yeah um things constantly throughout that that's exactly that's their primary content delivery mm-hmm. is through that battle and yeah. and siege is unique in that it has different systems there it has so like in similar to counter-strike it's an fps game but mm-hmm. not similar to counter-strike but more similar to league of legends it has characters that you have to purchase throughout the years they come out and with Fortnite, you have you have the weekly challenges and you have these things that drive you to play the game continuously so as long as they're kind of tied together if the battle pass is tied to you playing the game and possibly gives you a discount Mm -hmm. on purchasing the characters that season and it could be segmented into that because right now we don't have a season pass we have a year pass yeah um and i i i'm not against that i i personally Mm -hmm. like it i just buy it at the start of the year and then have it for the year but it's not really involved. We're not. It's not really integrated with anything yeah. they're doing in Stewit, so I don't have to buy the ops when they come out. But if you have the like an a literal season pass, like an actually proper season pass, and it would give you, I mean, even if it's just giving you like a discount on those mm-hmm. ops, or even hey, it's just like buying the ops, but works like you buy the whatever the pass is, maybe like 10, 15 bucks even, to get those operators immediately, and it has the battle pass system where it has. Um, unique skins and unique guns that are only attainable through hitting level 50 through hitting level 100 on the battle pass that's gonna make people i mean perhaps this is maybe a bad way of thinking about it or not but you really need to like from a company standpoint drive Mm -hmm. people to not want to quit playing your game and almost kind of get it to an addictive (laughs) level of situation where Mm -hmm. you want them to sit there and like Shit, it's, it's towards the end of the season, I'm level 70, there's that unique skin for level 100, I need to grind it out. I mean, there's already cases yeah. of that with Fortnite, where people be like, hey dude, like, can you get out? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm going to be gone, I'm not going to be able to get to level 100, like. Like, where they're yeah. asking their friends to, like, go over to their house, play on their Xbox mm-hmm. or whatever, or their PC, and get them to level 100. Like, people want to get those exclusive rewards that are only obtained through grinding out in a game, not buying it, but grinding it out so if you have that seasonal pass like a, a literal seasonal pass, and it gets you those seasons operators mm-hmm. like a, the parabellum pass or whatever yeah. it may be and you get the parabellum operators and you get the parabellum challenges for that yeah. season which has those unique things like mm-hmm. it's two birds one stone you really encourage people grinding out the game for that season they're going to have rewards throughout because for people who aren't super focused on you know heavy competition like they like they like they like playing the game but they're not really like i need to grind out i want yeah. i want to hit silver two this season i want to hit gold two this season like yeah. if they don't have those kind of goals set up you see doesn't really have anything to drive you to continue playing other than yeah. your own personal and that's a system that they severely lack they're trying to do that with their weekly challenges but frankly but, they're not really actually encouraging you to do anything because everyone just clicks at all they're really dumb get seven headshots uh yeah. like pick so and so operator get mm. 3000 points in a match which as long as you win any game at all you get 3000 points if mm. they can restructure those into an actual challenges system like every day three new challenges every day three new challenges and it adds to a level over time that's going to encourage even the casual player to just play more because they're going to mm. want to try and grind it out so they don't have anything motivating the people that aren't as competitively focused mm-hmm. and i think that they're not really capitalizing on that and it's a shame and they really have an opportunity if they decide to go that route with the free to play battle pass so on and so forth
0: yeah definitely. Yeah, i would almost like to see
1: um grinding out for per operator like uh yeah per operator that like you level up that operator in a way and unlock different things for that operator so it means yeah I, I don't know i don't play the uh, a lot of the call of duties but yeah, so you just yeah. unlock, I mean, you know, there's the old yeah. Battlefield system where you unlock different weapons for that, but it's like, no, we don't want to go that route, but unlock different skins. Like cosmetic skins, yeah. so, like, yeah.
2: I know, for example, uh, one, one direct example, like, from the old Call of Duties and the recent one as well, like, it's a gun, like, if you get X amount of headshots with that gun, like, if 50 headshots, that's a skin, 100 headshots a skin, like so on and so yeah forth. let's
1: you show off your status as that right, operates exactly
2: yeah you could have that or, or i mean hey even they even have things such as um this is one of my favorite elements that used to be or, or is in counter strike and that was stat track weapon
0: the yes. ability to
2: display i mean yes, hey even that's... if it's a even if it's a charm that you could unlock for that character and the charm would be a little led board looks well, like the diamonds the diamond everything. charms
1: right that, that show a status basically. yes
2: right it's a status thing and that's and that's the same premise behind how fortnite's battle pass works it's a status thing you yeah. you got to level 100 that season that means you're probably pretty good if you got to level 100 like you're pretty good or you really grinded it out it's one of those two things and yeah either way people love to be like oh like they love to throw that skin on and Really just show it off to their friends and be whatever mm-hmm. like oh, yeah, well, uh, I got my I got my, I didn't buy it. I uh, I got it in the past because there were yeah. skins that you can't obtain Unless you actually achieve it yourself, and that's not something that a lot of games have these days anymore uh, And I mean that that's how games used to be structured like 90s early 2000s mid 2000s mm-hmm. to mid tens we really started heading towards like a purchase-only type thing, or a huge, heavy focus on DLC, there are not too many challenges. And now yeah. we're seeing a lot of games kind of return back to the late 90s, early 2000s yeah. of really show off your skill. You're the one who like completed whatever the yeah. run was and under a certain time limit. So now you have an exclusive like little tag above your name or whatever it may be. And that's really starting to return. And, and um, they should really capitalize on that.
1: One thing I want to throw out there real quick before I hand it over to you, Chevla, just yeah. real quick,
2: is uh, something I thought of when you were talking
1: earlier was uh, I, I have to mention there might be a way to data mine how many people own a season pass as an estimate by um, data mining everyone's account in terms of like you know the, the public stuff you can get in terms of operator playtime. So if mm-hmm. anyone has operator playtime for the new ops on day seven of the of the you know the thing that yeah. the, then they own this path like that gives yeah. them a seven day window to flip that off at least once uh and that could estimate from public data of how many people on season pass and that number in theory should go up to you know as as each dlc releases you know so when you do it on the uh the fourth season of the year in theory that should be a more a roughly accurate number of the whole year anyways mm-hmm. i just want to throw that out there but go back to you shabla
0: yeah no i just i mean like most of my uh, points that points I'm about to come in with uh just sort of responses to uh, that i or additions to the ideas that remorse is like presented here um because cutting up the season like passes into like well the season pass into four parts right and having that opportunity to grind those uh, for those skins it would also give us a place for the weird one-off sort of packs that we get, the Halloween packs, the Chimera packs, that don't seem to really know where they're supposed... Like, there doesn't seem to be a place for those. They don't seem to have much of a purpose except for, oh, these are here, you can spend some in-game money and buy them all. But And the, you've also got mediocre skins in there, and then you've got more desirable ones as well. It would. It's just something that I thought, hmm, it'd be interesting. Um, you'd also... I wanted to ask Remorse whether or not he would think buying levels for a pass would be a beneficial or detrimental thing, because we've seen it in some passes, some pa- some games have it in their pass, where you can spend extra to buy 5 levels, 50 levels, um, just the one. I wonder um, what you thought.
2: I think it could deterior- deteriorate some stuff, um, but it-
1: oh. Well anyways, is it recorded now?
0: Uh, it's. I mean, it's continued. It's. It went straight back to recording. So I think we're okay. Okay. Well,
1: okay cool. Well, might, right. well, <laughs> well, might as well continue on the topic. Then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll restart on uh, what I said there. Then.
1: <laughs> You're talking uh, about buying ten levels at a time or something?
2: Yeah. Yes. About the purchasing of, used to do that. Is that correct? Where you could get x amount of levels. Yes. Did, like uh,
0: the it's something that has been a feature for Dota 2 for, their battle their battle passes. I believe that's still a thing. Um. Certainly, when I was playing a lot of Dota, that was the case. Um, I don't know whether it's a feature of Fortnite. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, so there are quite a few like PUBG and Ring of Elysium don't use anything similar. They you have to go through each level. Um,
2: okay, I'm just checking right now. I think it's something where they have to spend like for Fortnite. It's essentially oppressively. Expensive to buy it like yeah yeah okay you, you buy it and you start out with like x amount of tears. so yeah you could buy it but I think it's something like um 150 bucks to like force purchase your way through it yeah. so if it's at a level where truly only the like the whales as like most FPF like free to play things are the people who like just throw cash at a game yeah they have it i don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing like mm-hmm. yes it would degrade the exclusivity of it but if it's at an expense level to the where it doesn't really matter anyways for the vast majority of people and plus you're always going to have the people who are going to obtain a skin somehow whether it's through buying an account that it has like who grinded it out the real way or whatever and then you see someone that has some super difficult to get skin in a game. I'm sure everyone's seen this, and then they just don't even know how to play, and everyone's just like, you bought that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely <laughs> bought that. There's no way you earned that. Like, I don't think it's really mm. gonna degrade anything too heavily, and I think a lot of these systems already kind of encourage purchasing of like a booster of sorts that could increase the rate at which you get it. Yeah. And I think as long as it is feasibly obtainable with normal play without having to get a booster, or as, so long as these kinds of things don't encourage them to make it not obtainable in the core months of play or whatever it may be uh, for the single pass that we were discussing earlier, I think it would be fine. So as long as that's kept in check and as long as you could still reasonably obtain it in a period of time, I think that'd be fine.
0: Mm. So, so um, obviously we've sort of gone over that as a f- format do you think um we've had a few like situations where uh, say hypothetically we've implemented this and it's now free to play would we see any sort of compensation for those of the people that bought it
1: i don't think you need to i think mm-hmm. the game's old enough now at this point where like you know the people that purchased it have gotten most likely two to three years out of this game. Mm-hmm. um i mean you. It is it is sucky if someone say for example just bought the game and I feel like you almost you almost want to do a refund uh, for people who bought it say within the last like two months or something like that. Um, but at the same time, because it's like you don't want to you also don't want to announce hey we're going free to play in two months because then no one's going to buy it during that time either. So it's like it, there's not really a great way to transition where everyone's going to be happy and you're never going to make everyone happy. Mm. But I don't see any any reason to compensate people that have had this game for a long time at this point. Because it's most people have gotten a lot of hours out of it and a lot of fun out of it, despite it being multiplayer
2: only. Yeah. So, um, actually, on, on that, the this the style of releases that I discussed earlier, it doesn't even matter, mm-hmm. because as I mentioned previously, if they structured it the same way, so the starter pack by the fifteen dollars starter edition, I believe now you start with the ba- the the basic operators, the launch operators, you start with the if you buy the full price version of the game you now because you now end up if like the 60 dollar version i believe you also get year two um as well along with that and with and now if you you can buy the 70 or 80 edition that's going to be everything plus the season pass for year three and the free-to-play version as i was talking about earlier just starts you out with like the four like four operators similar mm-hmm. to how- your operators, when you with the, when you buy a starter edition, I don't know if if you guys have or not. But when you buy yeah. a starter edition and you go to play for the first time, you get like two random, you get two random operators, and then you get twelve hundred R six credits, which will then allow you to buy two more operators of your choice. So if they style it like that, or instead of like the R six credits, give them enough renown to buy two ops or to be stupid and buy skins you know so they could they start out with the free-to-play they get their four operators to start out with two random and two of their choice then it doesn't really matter you wouldn't need to compensate anyone because no version of the game comes out with that little to start with Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't it wouldn't matter so like you if you oh if you bought the $15 edition well congrats you start out with the $20 with the 20 operators if you got the free-to-play you get you get four That's true, it already compensates it, basically. Right, exactly. If you just bought the $40 edition, well, you have 30 operators. They have four. So you don't need to compensate, and it solves the problem in its own. What I
1: want to know, though, is if you only have four ops, right, um, what happens if uh, those four ops are picked already by the other four players on your team? Do you just end up with Recruit, or does it actually pick another op that you don't have randomly? That would be kind of interesting. It'd It'd be Recruit. I would, I think would, so. I would say it, it would, would also like give us a place
0: for recruit because at the oh, moment recruit. recruit doesn't have a place, because uh, it's not even yeah. an auto pick. If I don't think you don't it's pay. supposed
1: to have a place. Well,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it was a it was a way because when the game first came out with twenty operators 10 mm. on each side, then yeah, you know, like there when the game came out there was a place for him because you you wanted to it's run. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the recruit shield was simply broken, but the there was legitimate strategies taken where the recruits had unique elements about them. The GSG-9 recruits had three-barbed wire, for example. So you could sacrifice taking your attachments and the special gadgets of the operators and get three-barbed wire, and... in and C4, the... play out plane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, in the hellish days of plane, it was a strategy to take the GSG-9 um, recruit. Mm. And it wasn't that bad, and there are plenty of guns that do have pretty fair iron sights that aren't that bad to use. The um, 87 obviously yeah. is that forefront. There are some of the guns that have very simple, like simplistic sights. I mean, a lot of the shotguns, you don't have to have any sight at all. Um, you do lose the barrel
1: attachment ops, right? advantages though.
2: Right, yeah, you lose the barrel attachment advantages, but I mean, if you start out with the, you know, two the two ops of each side, whatever it may be, I mean, you've always had the situations of even if someone had the starter edition before they gave you the first 20 operators someone would be like oh wait they don't have like all of those ops like hey can someone like maybe move off because they don't have it like that's the only op they have like i remember doing that in year two when someone would ask that and be like yeah sure whatever they moved off it and you're always going to run into who are you know going to be jerks about it and they're just going to say like you know whatever it's through you man and they're just going to keep it locked in but then you have so like i mean that kind of situation probably would occur but it's also something where as long as it's structured well enough where you could have people unlock things at a reasonable pace, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you're not going to have, no matter what you do, you're not going to have all of the operators that you're going to want at a specific time. And we also need to remember that from our perspective as people who I believe have everything unlocked already, it's a lot more overwhelming if the prices are too high when you start out. So if they start out and they have to go through, and if like maybe the year, and they and they should have different pricing tiers as well. The year one operators should probably only be a couple thousand renowned. The year two operators should probably be fifteen thousand, and the year three should be the twenty five. That's they should structure that to where that way when you start out with the game, that's what League of Legend does. Uh, the older operators. Or the older champions in League of Legends they cost way less so you can play like 5 games, five ten games and get yourself a new champion
1: well luckily it's this game, a game too, a lot challenge. of the year 1 ops are still very essential to the game oh my
2: god, yeah, abs- yeah. Thermite, Thatcher
1: Thermite, Bandit, Jaeger, yeah there's tons yeah, of them that are still yeah. core exactly. tor- core op-
2: Core operative, absolutely so if you have those things, I mean and that's, that was the same way with League of Legends, there's a lot of like very basic champions that are kind of all rounders and that's what's that's what's the great about Ash is she's an all rounder. She doesn't, she's never like some super overwhelmingly strong thing. She's just simple, and so mm. people pick her because they can learn with her easily. Yeah. Similar to Thatcher, Thatcher's another one that people pick a lot when they start out because he's simple, like Rook too. Easy. Yeah, easy yeah. to learn. Yeah, so like you need those simple, easy to learn operators for people to start out with. They are never really like amazing like, super top tier. I mean, Ash somewhat is with, like, when you really take her playstyle to the extreme with high aggression and using the 3-speed in her great gun, she's pretty strong, and Rook is pretty strong. They're operators that are average at face value, and average when you're using them with no knowledge, and average at medium knowledge, but they're great when you really specialize in that one particular playstyle, and I, and I think that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to see something that's highly picked. If they're average and they or if their reason they're being highly picked is because they're easier to learn how to use, or they're not as overwhelming at first as operators that might be a little bit more technical, such as using like Thermite. People not, I mean, I, if you've ever seen a noob Thermite, you know, they're placing that charge everywhere. They don't yeah. know the concept of how banditing, like bandit tricking. Mm. Bandit, another operator, very technical. Mm. Uh, that are more simple in design are going to be picked up by the newer players so they can learn and get accustomed to the game. If you have everyone be super technical and super, super in-depth, then people are going to be overwhelmed and they're not going to be able to pick up the game in a slowly and um, natural, like a more natural way.
1: And I think they know this too. They mentioned a lot of that stuff when they were talking about how they were structuring the starter. Dish, that they recognized certain ops as a lot easier to learn and more basic, but still like you know, useful operators and things like that. So I think I think they're well aware of that to the point where if they were to introduce that free to play, which is like kind of like they did with the starter edition, uh, they, would, they would probably do it correctly like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so another feature that we've seen with CSGO since it's gone free to play, and we sort of have this already, um, was a way of tackling the hackers by obviously having two factor authentication. Mm-hmm. And we already have this. Um, do you think that it would be viable to introduce um, almost like a separate set of queues for people that have two-factor authentication for them to play casual provided someone isn't that that what we're already doing? ranked is the only thing that's going to require two-factor ranked is the only one that requires two-factor but if you wanted to queue with people that had two-factor do you think that would be a worthwhile feature or do you think that would be I mean it's sort of ranked at the moment obviously is sort of, it's very close to casual.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the biggest thing about two-factor is that it is not necessarily supposed to be a wall to people trying to act, or for people trying to create a new account. That's Mm -hmm. not where it's wall is because you can simply run an Android emulator on your desktop, make a new phone, and then have an authenticator app on there and just use that. And it takes Mm -hmm. literally 15 seconds. You just click refresh and it's a new instance so that it's not to prevent people from making new accounts what it's there for is to prevent people from stealing accounts because right now on some less than legitimate forms you can buy like 100 100 rainbow succeed accounts for 10 to 20 bucks that's where the hackers are getting their stuff and the reason they're able to do that is because these accounts are unsecured and their passwords have been breached through whatever miscellaneous data breaches there are which happen every day but they can't get into the account if you, if they have to have your phone. So the two-factor authentication is there to stop hackers, at least right now, if if the game went free to play, that'd be a different story, but at least right now, the way that, it, like, the reason why it's gonna be working or should be working in about a month is when, a month or two, when we should start seeing the effects of this, because they still have, again, hundreds and hundreds and, well, I guess thousands of accounts that are compromised. Yeah. But if everyone is forced to do two-factor in order to play which most people play at least once then that supply of accounts that they can buy for isn't there anymore and so they'll start they have to buy the game um
1: but that's something that is to. yeah
2: if it's free to play then it then it wouldn't matter so that's where mm. I'm coming around to is that two-factor authentication doesn't actually actively stop anything it's there to secure people's accounts it's, it's certainly a great thing to be added and should be added with mm. everything because it just secures your account from being stolen. I can stolen. speak from
1: experience. Mine got hacked uh, last yeah. year. Because I had two-factor off because I had actually changed phones at one point and lost access to my account because of two-factor.
2: Yeah. It's, um, but yeah it's, it's something that is, is more there for the user themselves to be safe as opposed to be the premier hack-stopping tool. If they want to go more towards that, then they really, really need to create honestly i would say some sort of not peer review system um but rather some sort of much more intensive uh review system at least in regards to cheating i mean battle eye and really anything can only do but so much there's always going to be a workaround you know it's kind of the same premise of one person trying to shovel like trying to dig a hole and then someone above them kicking a the sand back in You know that's the constant back and forth that you have with someone creating anti-cheat system and creating hacks because they're they're both working with the same system they're just constantly trying to outsmart each other and one person makes one thing and then they find a workaround they make a new thing they find a workaround it's a constant back and forth and if they i think that it would be highly encourageable to at least for higher levels because you know if you're cheating you generally tend to float towards the top at least for the higher levels, I think it might behoove them to actually start to have a manual of sorts or have some sort of way to tell where these reports are coming in from um, to actually check these things out. Uh, yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting something like an Overwatch system such as how Counter-Strike used to have. You could be a uh, an Overwatch person after you applied and after you reached a certain rank in the game, you could apply to... an overwatch person you would get a case you could watch it and you would watch it from their that person's perspective and then you could say like what you thought it may have been or anything of that nature or like guilty not guilty basically and then across a big range of things you would have a choice i eventually got rid of that system to my Um, knowledge don't. i don't i don't think that's still a thing um if they had something like even even if it's just dedicated personnel at ubisoft to handle that kind of thing. I think they really should. I mean, especially if it goes free-to-play, you need to step up your anti-cheat. And really, the biggest biggest thing for it is to handle it kind of how Blizzard handles it. I don't know how familiar you are, not with Warden, their anti-cheat system. Their Warden, their anti-cheat system is good, but it's not all-powerful. Mm-hmm. What's all-powerful is the fact that Blizzard sues the living hell out of anyone that sells anti-cheat. That's what stops a lot of a lot of hack hackers in like Overwatch, for example, is because whenever there's a site selling to a large, you know, massive pool, they sue them relentlessly, like absolutely relentlessly. They use a legal arm for that nature and it's a large stop. I mean, you're never going to stop cheaters because you're going to have the people that are privately selling to only like 10 people. You're never, you're never going to find that person, realistically speaking. Here, what you're going to be trying to shut down are the people who sell to thousands and have websites. Um, I mean, I'm sure if you just do a quick Google search, you'll find these websites yeah. publicly operating, offering, accepting credit card payments, accepting PayPal, things of that nature. But sell all Overwatch stuff. Why? Because you get hit with religious natures from blizzard continuously there are some that still sell it and you i'm sure you can find some that sell it but they've already been there's already been known and confirmed results of multiple different cheat sites either ceasing to exist or ceasing carrying of overwatch cheats specifically because of what they're doing here Hmm. and the rest of them they seem to just be detecting
1: yeah once battle i got introduced a lot of cheat sites kind of dropped off even siege just because it was harder
2: yeah, I mean we still we still have some people um, pretty a lot Cheating a lot. I mean there was I mean I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say names or anything But there was that one guy who has a YouTube channel dedicated to him cheating yes. in a game And he's the guy who develops the cheats and realistically again Like if you don't know what you're looking for you're not gonna find it So when he's sitting there and he's just making a new version and then recording a YouTube video It is making it seem worse than it is the whole teleport Uh, cheat as well yeah Uh, that's something that you I mean truthfully here I mean even though I have encountered it, and it's incredibly frustrating it's wildly annoying uh, but you also have to remember is that what was what was the statistics for last season diamond for like 0.02 percent of the player base Mm -hmm. like if you have someone cheating teleporting around instant killing the other team they're going to probably be diamond right they they put in the boosting so this was a big change. Boosting, mm. like you ran into cheaters a lot more last season because it was insanely profitable. Go buy your cheats for like hundred and twenty bucks a month, and then sell a boosting service for fifty bucks to get you to ranked. Do you've made a profit? So it was super popular then, but now because man, they are Ubisoft is manually banning people, and they are catching them with Battle Eye. We still see them daily pop up. But after they introduced the you get banned if you play with a cheater for like two weeks and you lose your rank, that stopped boosting in its tracks. Hmm. They 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 don't boost anymore. And that was a huge, huge hit. I mean and so and that's not a method that is because like Battle Eye didn't get better. Hmm. That's an administrative like stoppage right there. That's that's something that you do from a policy perspective of like, oh, we banned this cheater. Did they or did anyone play with them for like 10 20 games okay they're a temporary band and they lost their rank because they didn't earn their rank legitimately yeah they earned their rank because they were playing with a cheater who was cheating so if they go through and they do a lot more of these administrative policies because again anti-cheat systems are really only as good as they are updated i mean same thing with antivirus it's, it's yeah. a similar concept uh is if it doesn't know what to look for it can't find it and so when you you got to go with a more administrative policy sti- style type of thing to stop a lot of these uh, a lot of these hacks and as long as they step that back I don't see free to play as being debilitating I don't think that it would ruin the game uh, and I don't think that we would really run into an extreme amount uh, more of hackers than we do now I mean obviously there will be some more but I don't think that it would be overwhelmed and overrun I'm sure at the high ranks there's still probably going to be cheaters um, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. And especially if they were to introduce a leaderboard system, it would probably be a lot easier to pick them out. So
0: So, I'm sort of trying to think of further sort of the further steps here for the discussion. But I'm thinking, are there any alternatives to -to free-to-play? Like, I don't think there's a no is overwatch yeah is
1: is an alternative i suppose i Mm. I wouldn't recommend it but that's an alternative
2: yeah that's some 90s 2000s style models yeah um, yeah Yeah. (laughs) classic mmo only one that still does it um everquest Everquest went free to play Mm. ward of warcraft i believe is the only one that is a consistent successful Wide-scale success or successful. There are still some, but they're small-scale and have small communities that are just—they're going to pay, you know, no matter what. At that point, it's literally only the whales that are still playing, which is what keeping, y- which is what's keeping their servers alive on some games like that. Yeah.
1: Eve was an interesting one because it was a sub- subscription model, but you could actually uh, in-game earn your way into that. By because it was yeah. a it was yeah. an in-game item that you could basically pay for in. So let's say for Redown, you could buy your monthly pass. Now, I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm just saying that was an interesting (laughs) model as an alternative. So it was like, it was semi-free to play in the sense that you could grind your way to paying your monthly thing or scam people or whatever you do. But Yeah.
2: Yeah, there was, um, so most notably, that really started changing, I think, in the early 2010s to that type of model and what would what was happening with a lot of games as they were changing was that they would take what you would used to get in your like monthly subscription when they went when they would change to free they had a instead of calling it subscription they started calling it premium
0: mm.
2: you're going to get your monthly premium subscription or you're going to go buy premium premium might allow allow you to fast travel might allow you to you, you'll earn you know a little bit more xp it's basically like a booster like a less impressive booster but it's on all the time Mm. A lot of mobile games um, are
1: doing that now. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Every mm. everyone does the premium thing now. They're not subscription, but like the subscription still exists as it used to. It's just optional optional. Right? Mm. I mean you could still keep playing the game free to play. You wouldn't have to do your subscription anymore, your monthly subscription. But you're probably going to because the monthly subscription is only like fifteen bucks and it's some pretty good stuff frees up your time well that's if what season pass kind of is in know. a way
1: right like if they broke oh, it absolutely. up into the quarters then you're paying for your premium three month subscription yeah.
2: essentially with the season mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um i i honestly would really like to see the system that i talked about like the hybrid yeah. like battle pass kind of deal i think i mean even without going free to play i would like to see that yeah. because it would, it would i would just, say do like, that
1: first then you could go free to play after
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's I, I have no reason to grind other than my own personal goal after like yeah. I mean especially once you hit diamond like why are you gonna keep playing I, I, yeah. that's and that's that's the mentality of a lot of people like I mean I'll, I'll still play but like a lot of people are like well I hit the rank I wanted to get to I could keep going but now there's not what's not going to, to achieve. Goal, like, what's next you've like, hit I'll the ceiling my weekly challenge to get 200 renown yeah, look at Artifact no. and
1: the, the issues with that. If, if that's something you're interested in, like the issues that came with Artifact and their business model, and the fact that people basically those kinds of things. What do I do at this point? I don't have a progression system to convince me to play, and you can see how much that can be really be highlighted in a modern game release.
2: Oh, absolutely. Because right now, like Siege has levels, but they don't really mean anything other than just kind of you know showing off, um, and. That's that's the genius solution of the battle pass. Like, and I mean, what really I think Fortnite should be highlighted for, is how they created a system that can encourage players to play a game that has no real other tangible growth method, mm. other than just trying to win the game. They have something like, all right, I need to I need to grind out. I need to do like at least ten games and hit whatever. And you can have those daily goals be a little bit more tangible. I mean i mean the daily goals in fortnite are super easy too but they build towards a much bigger more tangible reward yeah. than 200 renown i'm sure that over the course of a season doing those like what what you probably get like a thousand to two thousand renown a week from all those challenges
0: mm-hmm.
2: and that over the course of uh or actually probably not even a week probably a little bit more than that a week and then it. Was- you know, four months, you're probably getting enough renown just from doing those challenges to maybe buy an operator or two. Yeah. So I'm sure that there are benefits from doing that, but it's something that for the vast majority of the player base, they're not seeing that. They're like, oh, stupid challenge. Like, whatever. 200 renown? An what am I going to use that for? But over time, yeah, that 200 renown, an they're probably getting like 30 or 40,000 renown over the course of each season. But if they put that same reward in a battle pass and they're like, Boom, there's your reward, thirty thousand renown. But you got to get all the way to there. People are like, "Damn, I really gotta, I really gotta grind it out to get that." All. Yeah. So it's it's the same reward, but framed differently, in a way that people can really sit there because who's gonna go and play? I mean, realistically, unless you're just um, kind of weird or a nerd, you're not gonna sit there and be like, "All right, ah, uh, I got seven, I've got seven challenges. I'm getting hundred and fifty to two hundred renown for each challenge. I'm gonna work that out over twelve weeks. That's gonna yeah. give me enough to get." Like, no one's gonna do that. Yeah but they sit there and they're like, oh, 30,000 Renown, I can buy a new Operator and a skin. Sick, all right, I'll grind to level 50. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, when you get to a certain point and you pretty much have everything, Renown becomes pretty meaningless and you have to start to introduce, yeah, you start to have to introduce seasonal skins or the Battle Pass skins or something that's exclusive to something that doesn't, I mean, that maybe you could get with Renown, I suppose, but that, you know, like, at some point, you just, you run out of Renown meaning anything to you.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah and it's something that um it would be interesting to see whether or not there was a like they could also introduce something maybe like a one-off event maybe once a season maybe once a year where you can convert renown into r6 credits
1: that's dangerous thing to do i'm not sure that they would actually
2: end up ever doing it just yeah for a mul- I guess for like a multitude of reasons you really start mm. to bring yourself into the realm of people starting to try and find exploits for things more so than they already do. And plus yeah. I don't think oh, because
0: it's you're translating it into real money or closer yeah. to real money.
2: Well yeah, so picture this, if you can convert yeah. your stuff over, you buy an account for $15, you find some sort of exploit and then you sell that account that now has thousands and thousands of R6 credits to someone for like 50 to 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh, R six, R six account level 50 has like 10,000, like 10,000 R six credits, 70 bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, well,
1: One thing you can do for reason. Renown is because uh, Renown without a good sync for something tends to start to get meaningless packs. as you get higher. So not just packs, because packs actually get kind of pointless too, if they're alpha packs. So I have no point in buying an alpha pack because 99% of the time I'm going to get a duplicate. And then I'll get a less would, Renown, Renown back. I wish take that out. Well, it's, there's there's reasons to, to... It's it's complicated. The economy stuff gets really tricky to manage well at, for people at different levels. But one thing they can do as a sink for renown that would still be meaningful to people at higher levels is events where you buy tickets with renown. So if you do events that have exclusive skin rewards and things like that, where you buy tickets with renown, now everyone has a reason to spend renown, even high-level people, because they convert it into tickets, use those tickets to then... Get into events that, you know, like let's say it's a ranked queue or whatever, and you, you know, as you win, you, you level up towards it's sort of like the battle pass stuff we're talking about, but it's it's a ticket based system for event stuff.
0: This is really interesting because this is a format that actually exists on a weekly basis for Dota. I keep going back to Dota as my example, yes. it's my uh, That's the so the, the, uh, the battle cup, we're to... um, where you actually compare. Yeah, see,
1: I'm not familiar with the. Uh...
0: So you can oh, yeah, you bad. can pay, I don't know, a two pounds, a couple of dollars um, for a ticket and it lets you and for other people that have a ticket queue against other teams, but it's and it's built into the matchmaking system as well. Um, and it's competitive and it follows a bracket, which is built in, um, so it wouldn't be like the way that we see ESL handle all of that outside of the sort of uh, the client. So, I mean, like, it would be great it's, to it's see. It's
2: a tournament built into the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you could do that with, you take those Outbreak packs, those kinds of things where it's a premium pack, and you give that as a reward. So yeah. people don't even know what they're going to get, and chances are you'll get people to make the run through to get that reward multiple times, to either get the whole collection or to get the particular item that they wanted. Mm-hmm. rather than just giving a specific reward and then people just stop playing it. So you just like, oh hey, you know, here's 10 of these, you know, outbreak packs whatever that particular season thing for that event as it is and then, you know, that's the reward. You get one of those packs. And so yeah, maybe at some point people have all the items and they'll stop doing it, but at that point you've already driven a ton of Uh, renown spend you people have to earn renown another way or you know pay money for renown boosters like it drives a ton of revenue a bunch of different sinks to make people engage with the game way more on a specific basis you combine that with what brad's saying about the battle packs and like there's just a ton ton more engagement in the Mm -hmm. game and then you make it free to play and yeah you're driving tons of revenue outside of you know a season pass kind of idea it's it's just there's plenty of opportunities unfortunate. Mm. Uh, I, I did apply for the monetization job for this game, but someone had already kind of snaked it before I got it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if we've learned anything, we should be the ones posing ideas to Ubisoft for how to better right. monetize things. Um, Is this
1: like the star player thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they, they can do that op development. We do the money thing. We'll take a cut as but well. We're yeah. all
1: pointing to examples that work. Were- yeah specifically in other games that like absolutely work. It's not like, oh this is stereocraft it's like no this stuff works.
0: Yeah definitely it's uh it's like we are they've been shown to work and it's not anything new. I don't There's know nothing what... wrong with copying
1: I... what other games are doing every every game pretty much does it in terms yeah, of like hey, no reason I see
0: to them. reinvent the wheel. Yeah, yeah it's,
1: you, it's you just let do them so. do it and then copy it.
0: Yeah. Exactly and sort of Learn from your enemies, I suppose.
1: Well, no, it's, it's just everyone, you exactly. know, there's there's different audiences, you know, like mm. people spending money on this game probably aren't necessarily spending money on Dota or whatever you're not necessarily exactly. taking from that per se. So mm. it's kind of, a, it's, it's hobby money at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to decide whether it's worth the effort. The
1: responsiveness. <laughs> oh, bribery. Ooh. You want. Hell, bribery.
0: Oh. There yeah. we go. Today's guest.
1: Yeah. What's your ideas, cat?
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what catnip?
2: Yeah, <laughs> dog, The dog is is asleep. I think in the in the bed. And he <laughs> just he just sits in my in my room in here mostly
0: oh well on that note that's going in the outtakes <laughs> it's definitely going in the outtakes <laughs> there'll just be a'll be a cut to when I uh just like like, like nice. close everything out and suddenly remorse will have this cat and no one will know where yeah. it came from because oh, be zero wait, context at this, at this rate <laughs> anyway uh in that case this has been the CGG debrief episode 14 about whether or not seeds should become free to play we've, we've pretty much just redesigned the, the the way the monetization works here
1: now we need to monetize this podcast it's free to play right now already.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there, there needs to be a subscriber only.
2: consulting fees are ridiculous yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll consult for you it's like
0: 1500
2: an hour <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll
0: figure it out anyway that's all from us this has been hosted by myself Chevler, Emzo and Remorse. Many thanks to them.